0: Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful Podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real-life Spoonie living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated Spoonie info and where you'll find humor, because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope everyone had a great week. Uh, It was a special week here, all sunshine and roses, I suppose. I suppose maybe, maybe. It was a fun week. Um, I'm having a fun, cranky, cranky mood. So as, as Nicole knows, I'm just super happy. Um, and uh, so we are going to kind of skip over our news for the week because it's a It's been a very special month. It is Lupus Awareness Month. It is the last day of the month. So we didn't want to end May without making sure we covered lupus for this month. You know, we covered EDS because for some reason it's both EDS Awareness and Lupus Awareness Month. Like who decided that? Like, did we not coordinate well? Did Like what happened? Uh, (laughs) It's so true. Like who decided, like, did the rare disease people not like have their conversations, but, uh, so we want to make sure we covered both. And so we're going to cover lupus today. And it also marks like Nicole was diagnosed 18 years ago with lupus. So she is our, you know, lupus expert on the show. Um, That doesn't mean she has only had lupus for 18 years. She's had lupus for pretty much forever. Yes. She's had sure lupus for like a it. really long time. And so she's going to talk a little bit about, you know, lupus itself and how she, how to, how you get diagnosed with lupus, how, you know, you go through the process of, you know, the, well, the diagnosis process is long and it's difficult. So yes. we want to make sure we cover that and what the symptoms are with lupus. And, um, cause there are many. Symptoms of lupus and it can often get mixed up with other chronic illnesses, and what the treatments are, because that's always important, Mm -hmm. and kind of living with lupus. Because obviously, 18 years and Mm -hmm. beyond that, you've lived with lupus a long time, but you know that life doesn't end when you get diagnosed,
1: right? It continues on.
0: So we, we're going to talk about all of those things and, you know, and how, and how it's impacted Nicole's life a little bit. So let's get started. Yes. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Welcome everybody. to your show.
1: Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm famous. You are. Oh, I am oh. famous. I love it. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> welcome to your own show.
1: Welcome to my own show.
0: Yay. Um. Okay. So. Let's go back. Let, let's talk about what lupus is before we start talking about your story.
1: Yes, definitely. Lupus, so tell, us, I'm gonna, tell us what
0: lupus is.
1: Okay, uh, you know, per the Lupus Foundation of America, which is a wonderful resource, lupus is a chronic long-term disease that can cause inflammation, swelling, and pain to any part of your body. It's an autoimmune disease. So there is no cause or no cure. And it just turns itself on with, for no reason, they, they have no idea why this happens. It is, And again, it's not contagious. It's not like HIV, um, which is acquired immune. So it's something you catch. Um, so with lupus um, it means that your immune systems, healthy tissues are being attacked by your own body. Your own body recognizes any, any tissue in your body as a foreign invader. And it can affect your skin, joints, internal organs, any single part of your body.
0: So it means your body hates you.
1: Basically. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It sure does. <laughs> Which is
0: by the way, what I text Nicole probably on a daily basis.
1: Yes. Oh, Nicole, your
0: body hates you. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, no, yes. it just, okay. So your body, your body basically doesn't like itself quite often yes. and yes. Um, finds ways to attack itself and, and sees itself as its own invader. And it causes certain things to happen in the body. So certain symptoms will be indicative of having lupus. Absolutely. Uh, and it can, it can impact any part of the body basically.
1: Mm -hmm. So,
0: but one of the most common symptoms of lupus is pain.
1: Yes. It's Joint
0: super fun because sense. as we all know, like pain is probably the biggest indicator of most of our chronic illnesses. Exactly. <laughs> so it's super fun. Like when you have lupus, you go to the doctor and you're like, I have pain.
1: Yeah. Like, hmm,
0: you have arthritis. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, because like one of the things that affects the, the most is joints.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So you get painful or swollen joints.
1: Yes. Sometimes um, people have skin pain, they have muscle pain. Um, you can have migraines. Lupus can cause all kinds of little funky Oh yeah, lupus symptoms. migraines are
0: pretty common. Oh yes,
1: yes, um, yes. And there's um, there's no, one, just one test that doctors can do to tell you of lupus. So your doctor will look at your symptoms, your medical history, results of lab tests like the ANA or the advise test, and also your complements.
0: Okay. So what are, what are some of those compliments?
1: That's what the test is actually called. It's called compliments.
0: Okay. What is so. so they do a compliment test. They do mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ANA test. Mm-hmm. Um, the ANA is still fairly, it's, it, I shouldn't say still fairly new, but it's a newer test. It didn't used to be that way. So people who are getting tested now are very lucky that they get the ANA test to be honest, because oh, yeah. it, it didn't used to be that way
1: um, back Mm-mm. in the day. It's so true. Uh,
0: You know, it used to be just lupus was a disease that was one again, one of those chronic illnesses where it was a rule-out illness. You ruled everything else out. And if you couldn't find anything, you were like, "Mm, You have lupus. That's right. You know,
1: that's right. And
0: it's it's kind of why some old school doctors or old school nurses still kind of believe that lupus doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. There's there's this there's this pervasive belief in parts of the medical community, that lupus is a made up illness. That's right. And it's not real. And it's, it's just, oh, well, it's just kind of like a, a bucket list illness because they can't figure out what lupus, like what these other diseases are. So true, which is a horrible thing to believe because people really have these symptoms. They really have this illness and they need treatment. Um, and it's rude and it's a terrible thing to say to somebody, yes, it gets said, and unfortunately in the chronic illness community, we have to develop a thick skin. Yes. Yes. Uh, So, but the ANA test is very helpful.
1: It is. It's the anti-nuclear antibodies test and they're looking for anti-nuclear antibodies in your blood. Correct. Yes.
0: And that's been very, very helpful in diagnosing lupus for a lot of patients I don't know the specific statistic, but it's not the be all end all test for lupus. No, we need to be really clear on that. No, it is. It does not show up for
1: all patients. No, I'm somebody who doesn't, you know, I had one, I believe I only had one abnormal when I was very first diagnosed. The doctor said, he's like, you know, an ANA just means there's some autoimmune issues going on. We don't know which one yet. And I think the, like, say, for example, if the test was like five to 126, you score, and that's like the normal range. I was at 2,500. So he knew something was majorly was going on. And he sent me right to a rheumatologist, which is the doctor that would diagnose lupus.
0: And, and the other thing they're looking for too, is like inflammation. They're looking for strange white, white cell counts. So
1: look for your inflammation markers. Yep. White blood Um, cells. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So they're looking at a lot of different things. They're looking, they look for anything they can find that looks uh, abnormal in all of these tests that they do, but it doesn't mean again, that they're going to come back abnormal. Like us in the chronic illness community, we know that we can feel miserable and we can be in terrible pain, not able to breathe, not able to move. And all of our tests can come back normal. Yes. And it's, it's a horrible, horrible feeling.
1: It is because, you know, I think with doctors, the reason why, you know, there's a lot of people in the medical field saying, oh no, this can't be real because there's nothing definitive. You know, it's a mixture of things. It's symptoms. It's, you know, um, could be rashes on your face, could be your blood work. It could be all of them. It could be none of them. It could also be blood
0: work that day.
1: Yeah, it could be. And it's, and lupus is considered the great imitator. So it's very hard to get an accurate diagnosis. Yeah. Having a good rheumatologist is key.
0: And, and we, you know, we did that episode on how to talk to your doctor and how to, you know, kind of push back on like the whole episode, isn't about how to push back on your doctor, but how to talk to your doctor and finding a doctor that has, that can be, you can be communicative with, Yes, you can have a conversation with, because when you're having these symptoms, it's really important to make sure that you're, you're asking questions that you're like, but I'm having these symptoms. Why? Like, because a lot of doctors are going to try and move on to the next patient. They're going to, they're trying to get through their patient list for the day, but that's just not how our symptoms work. You know, we, there's so many question marks when it comes to us. And when it comes to lupus, there's a huge number of question marks. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it is just not always definitive.
1: Very much so. So
0: like, even if you get a positive ANA, there's not like, it's like with anything, one lupus patient is not like another lupus patient. No,
1: no. Nope. You could have fibromyalgia, you could have, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. You know what I mean? So there's a bunch of things that, you know, the AMA, the ANA could signify, you know, that's going on.
0: Exactly. So, you know, it it comes down to like again having a good rheumatologist who's really going to do everything they can to make sure you're getting the right diagnosis. And and Nicole, in your case, it's also getting you the right treatment plan because mm-hmm. for you, they were worried it might be RA. Mm-hmm or lupus and medication The getting, choosing the right medication was really important. Absolutely. And could have been deadly if it, it, could, have. it could have. It could have. I think that it's, it, I think in the, in the case of lupus, like you said, it's a great imitator. Mm-hmm. It's, it's already hard. Like, it's so hard to get diagnosed no matter what type of chronic illness we have. But when you're, when your disease imitates other diseases, Now you've got a problem because you're chasing, you're chasing down a bunch of rabbit holes. You've got gopher holes in your backyard.
1: Absolutely. One after
0: another, after another. Yes. Now you're like, oh, well, we think it's that. Oh, wait, no, not that. Mm, Mm -mm. Well, we think it's that. Mm, No, it was. And it took you how long to get diagnosed?
1: Three years. Three years. And that's short. Mm Hmm. I think the average, I think I read the average was like five years or something. It was either five or three to five. It was quite like a long time, and the uh, the number of rheumatologists that the average patient will go through before they get a correct diagnosis is like around three. Um, It's and that's the that's unfortunate, but not all doctors are built the same.
0: Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, this is not to say all doctors are bad. By no, the way, not at all. It's it. it And in no way, shape or form, are we saying all doctors are bad. There can be very good doctors who are not good at this.
1: Yes. Yes. Like
0: they are good at their jobs and they are good at what they do for the average patient Mm -hmm. or just not good for lupus patients or chronically ill patients or, you know, I, I think we need to be clear on that. And I think we were kind of mean a little bit in our in our doctor episode. <laughs> there are very good doctors out there. There are many. Are good at chronically ill patients. Right. You know, like I saw plenty of doctors when I felt I was healthier that did great things. Oh yeah. But I would never go back to them now as a chronically ill patient because I need I need doctors who can spend a lot more time with me. Absolutely you go to different doctors for different things. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I need doctors who can, who will sit down and have conversations with me. And yeah, that's why you go through a rheumatologist that will, that is, is better equipped to deal with you. Like you have to remember a rheumatologist is, is normally trained to deal more with like arthritis and stuff like that. Not all of them are, I mean, I know that they go through training and, and chronic illness is part of their training, but some of them really just want to deal with arthritis patients.
1: Yeah. And nowadays, most rheumatologists are equipped to deal with all autoimmune diseases, but you know, it doesn't mean that you're going to get a good rheumatologist. You know, I've, no. I've heard a lot of stories and I'm telling you the first two doctors I saw that they were complete idiots. I, I, I hate to say it that way, but they were, I mean, they were dismissive. They, they, basically we're scratching their head. Yeah. Not sure we can just, you know, hang out and, you know, we'll just keep, we'll just keep a watch on you. It's probably nothing. Or, you know, they just were very dismissive and it was an awful experience. Well, you know, one lady was like, oh yeah, you got RA. Right. Don't worry about it. I just put you on some medicine. She didn't even want to look into other things. I was like, okay. no, 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 no. So I went to the city. I went to a university hospital because they tend to have better doctors. I mean, because they see different they see more than the average suburban doctor does because and that, this, this and
0: that's is- part of it too is like mm-hmm. some some doctors you see just don't have the experience no dealing with it like they really like you may start with an with a rheumatologist that only sees like elderly patients well, that's right you know what that's not gonna work for you no you know you may start with a doctor that you may start the doctor that only sees RA patients but you have lupus.
1: That's right. And there are some rheumatologists that are lupus specialists. Yes. You know, so, but here's the thing is usually when you're first getting a diagnosis, you're not going to know what you have. So you just see, uh, you know, so when you see a rheumatologist, I always encourage people make sure you get two or three opinions because it really is good to talk to multiple doctors about what they think and their experiences.
0: Yes. Yes. Because again, we're, we're often like poking at holes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So another, some other symptoms of lupus that are pretty common are the lupus rash. The, 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 I think they call it a wolf rash or butterfly. Yeah. They call it
1: the butterfly rash, which is normally on your cheeks. Yeah. Uh, And they can be open. They can be an open rash, or it can just be like a, I can't think of the name right now because my brain fog is killing me. Um, but it can just be more bumpy. And that's what mine is. Like, it's real red. I look like I blush all the time and I can feel the bumps sometimes once in a blue moon, one or two of them will open up, but I've seen some people that had lupus more in people. There's four types of lupus. There's discoid neonatal medication induced and systemic lupus. So, you know, depending on the kind of lupus you have, um, I, you know, I've seen people with discoid lupus, which is only skin lupus, and they've had to be placed in the burn unit because the damage was so extensive. Ooh. That sounds horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. You know, the, the average you'll get, you know, the average person has, like you said before, chronic joint pain, chronic fatigue. Um, you can have skin issues, sun sensitivity, dizziness, migraines, neuropathy, um, a, lot of, a lot of fatigue, cognitive dysfunction, mouth sores. Those are just some things you can also have inner organ failure. And that can be any single one of your, your organs, a friend of mine who had a severe case. And I've had many, many friends who have lupus that have never had one problem. Like they, all they had was joint pain. They had nothing at all. They worked a full-time job, never interfered with their lives. And then I've had other friends. uh, My girlfriend woke up one morning um, and she was telling me, this is before I had met uh, one of my good friends. She has since passed, but she was paralyzed because lupus had attacked her spinal cord. Oh, in the middle of the night. Um, when she passed away, lupus attacked her heart. She went into congestive heart failure and died. Wait, so that's also
0: can, an extreme yeah. case. Yes. Geez. That's what I'm saying. Like
1: 80% of lupus patients will live normal lives yes. if they are treated properly.
0: Another symptom. Some people, um, get like what they call vascular rashes. So mm-hmm. like Ray, right, right, you're going to have to correct me if I say this wrong nurse nurse, Nicole uh, Raynaud's 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 phenomenon. It's in the finger.
1: Yeah. It's in the, it's in the, in the lower fingers where is. they
0: turn blue, but that's yep. also a common symptom of a few it is. illnesses. Um, but your fingers will turn like red, and white your toes. And mm-hmm. and your toes and your, and your lips. Um, so, but it is something that it's, it's my understanding though, is it's not like a really dangerous thing, but it is kind of disconcerting when your fingers start. turning. It can
1: be dangerous actually, if it gets bad enough, but, um, just because of circulation issues, but you know what? It doesn't necessarily go along with lupus. There's a lot of lupus patients who never have radon.
0: So pain, chronic fatigue is huge in lupus patients. It's, it's kind of a, goes along with most of our
1: chronic illness illness. in general. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's like the one big thing in chronic illness is that, that fatigue and that joint pain
0: (laughs) and brain fog and brain brain fog. fog, Yes. That's, that's just a big deal in all of them. (laughs) It's so Um, true. And you know, we, and and, you know, a lot of us like bruise easily. We tend to like have all kinds of weird, like what? I don't get it. Like why are right? bodies have to do these things? Come on.
1: Yeah, seriously. Silly
0: bodies. Um, but the the kidney disease is kind of more common, I think in lupus than it is in other.
1: It is. My doctor said that 50% of all people diagnosed with lupus will develop, develop kidney involvement.
0: Yes. So I think that's kind of a, I think that is something, so you have to always be a little more careful. Yes. So I think in a lot of our, a lot of our treatments for our chronic illnesses, our treatments, we have to get our um, kidney or our liver functions tested frequently because mm-hmm. of the treatments we're on. But for lupus patients, a lot of times they just have to be tested period because of lupus.
1: Yeah. Every three months I have my kidneys tested and I have my blood work done, um, just to make sure. And, you know, like my liver function test, CBC, my compliments. I mean, I have everything run. Uh, It's ridiculous how much these tests cost too. (laughs) I have all this stuff run every three months and he watches to see if there's any changes. Yeah. And just to let everyone know too, that, um, just, you know, there are, you know, anyone can get lupus, but there is a risk group. It's normally women ages 15 through 44 in certain racial groups like African-Americans, Asian-Americans, Hispanic, or Latino Americans, Native Americans, or Pacific Islander. So this, you see lupus much more amongst these groups. Yes. Which is so strange. And and,
0: and I, I, yeah, I don't think they've figured out why. They haven't. But again, I don't think they've necessarily figured out why like you see sickle cell in African-American groups, yeah, black groups more too. I think it's yes. Still trying to figure out these things, but yeah, you do see lupus in these groups far more
1: often. Yes, absolutely.
0: But yeah, the, the kidney disease is something a little more common and it's, it can be monitored and it can be watched and it's, it's. Something that, especially if lupus is caught early enough, doctors will pay close attention to. Yeah. So let's, let's talk. So the, the heart is also of a concern to doctors. I yes. think
1: you can get blood it- clots. Sometimes people with uh, lupus get the antiphospholipid antibody or antiphospholipid um, syndrome, which mm-hmm. is like a clotting issue. So um, sometimes if you have those, you are obviously um, there's more of a possibility for you to develop blood clots. Right, and then
0: there's also lungs Mm because I know like you you have issues with pleurisy periodically. Yes,
1: yes, lungs is a huge thing with lupus patients. Lupus patients get pleurisy all the time.
0: Then there, you know, there's the cognitive issues. Mm -hmm. We talked about brain fog a little bit, which is just super fun, guys. Brain fog is just (laughs) one of our favorite things in the world to get.
1: (laughs) So true. (laughs) So true. So true. Every
0: one of us loves when we get brain fog and we can't really function well for the day. Come on, guys. No,
1: no. And, you know, with lupus, like it's crazy because there's only been one medication developed specifically for lupus in the past like 55 years, and that's been Lista. which didn't work for me. Um, (laughs) I guess what I read and what I was hearing from the doctors was that it did perform, it underperformed what they were hoping for. I have a lot of friends who say it worked great for them. I mean, I I went through, I was in the um, clinical trial and I took it afterwards. Nothing, nothing at all made. I I did it for 18 months, nothing. Um, So that didn't work for me, but it, it can work for people, but there are multiple treatments for lupus depending on your symptoms. But the most popular like treatment would be an immune suppressant like prednisone. Um, They also give uh, medications that they would give to transplant patients like Cellcept, Prograph. Sometimes you will undergo chemotherapy. Um,
0: which you've and, done,
1: which I've done. I did rituxin. So cytoxin is a form of chemo, it's much stronger, and that's usually reserved when patients have inner organ involvement.
0: So let's let's talk a little bit about treatment for okay. lupus. You know, you've done all these things, so but I think I think for the average lupus patient when they're first diagnosed, prednisone is kind of is that normally what they would first jump out? The first
1: out? one they're going to give you is Plaquenil. It is an it is anti-malarial, but what it's showing is that it I think protects... a lot of people are
0: familiar with Plaquenil yes. now.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's, <laughs> yeah, because it's given for so many autoimmune diseases. Well, not know? just
0: autoimmune diseases.
1: I well, think with everything with COVID. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true.
0: Because I think, I think that was the first thing people thought would like treat COVID. And it turned out that- it not, so good at all. Yeah, not so much. not so much. No, it didn't really work. But um, and that's when lupus patients were freaking out because it um it
1: was hard to get the medicine.
0: It was hard, it was hard. Yeah, it was really hard for lupus patients to get their medicine and they were freaking out because they're like, We need this to live. Oh and yeah. I, like and, and you guys are taking it even after they found out it didn't work.
1: That's right. And it took it from us. And, you know, a lot of people got sick because they weren't able to, I had friends that were not able to get their Plaquenil. And some of my friends heavily, heavily rely on Plaquenil. They say that if you take Plaquenil, um, not all people can take it. Some people are allergic to it or they just can't, they can't tolerate it. But for the people who do, there was a study, a couple of them that said that on average, a lupus patient will get um, an average of 10 extra years, like added onto their life basically. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it because what it does is it it kind of protects the inner organs. Okay. So now for me, plaquenil does nothing for me. I'm I'm very fortunate that I don't have inner organ involvement currently. But I mean, like plaquenil, I could I could do it for that
0: because I'm yeah. you know you say things and then bad things happen. I so know. It looks, um... My
1: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking <it> now. <down.
0: laughs> Nicole's talking about all these things and then all of a sudden she's gonna be like, and I now have this and like. You know, we were talking about Sjogren's syndrome, and she's like, "I know his Sjogren." Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, things come up for her, so let's let's not all knock on wood for no, yes, please.
1: involvement. Everyone, knock for me. <laughs> but uh,
0: no, so you, yeah, inner organ. So that Plaquenol helps with the inner organ involvement, and then so that starts with it, and then they move up to to what's what's. So that helps <laughs> with that, but like. But then there's other medications that help with some of the symptom involvement.
1: Oh, yeah. Normally what they'll give you next is an immune suppressant medication, like a cell a methotrexate, ProGraph, um, Imuran. I've been on every, no joke. I've been on every single one of that's,
0: them. That's because you time out. That's I do. You My come body out times out. I By the way, come not, back everybody, not everybody is Nicole. Not everybody nope. times out of their meds. Nope. It's That's like just my body. You out thinking you're going to have to be on 72,000 different medications you won't. in your lifetime yeah. and you won't. Um, she, but she times out after a period of time from her medications and it's a problem for her doctors and her doctors. It are is. Like, we need to study
1: you closely
0: because you're a weirdo.
1: I am. I'm totally a weirdo. I mean, I get like two years if I'm lucky and then everything stops working. And I think my doctor, I think he's losing hair from me. <laughs> he's just like, I'm going bald. And it's all your fault. Um, because I I'm telling you, he, we, ha- he has done everything humanly possible. He's an amazing doctor. So, you know, it, and it really depends on like what your symptoms are at the time. If you're having what we call a flare up of these symptoms, or if you're just kind of status quo, you know, you can have a biologic, they may give you uh, biologic, which is given through IV, or through a shot. Um, if you develop blood clots and this becomes a, a problem for you, you'll be put on an anticoagulant. Um, and sometimes if your flare-up, when I have flare-ups, they had to put me on steroids. Steroids was the, it's, it's very common in autoimmune disease. Everybody with autoimmune disease at some point will be on steroids. Um, some people are on them for a very short amount of time. Some people are on them for maybe six months and can come off. I um, unfortunately react very strangely to prednisone. So this time around, I've been on prednisone probably 10 years and we switch my dose up and down.
0: Yeah, you do that. I, yeah, you do that frequently. Yeah. While we're talking about treatments, let's talk about flares. Yes. Because we do talk about lupus flares. So with lupus, and a lot of times with chronic illness, you'll have good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. And, and with lupus sometimes, and, and with a lot of these, you'll have good periods and bad periods. And so like we talk a lot in the lupus community about lupus flares, Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about like kind of what a lupus flare can look like?
1: Absolutely. What it
0: can involve, like, cause there can be like a lupus fever. There can be like it, sometimes for some people, it's almost like a flu comes on. You'll start feeling like you have a cold or for some people it's pain for some people. Yes. It, like, And then it can last for like a day to like weeks or months.
1: Oh Yeah. 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 With a lupus flare, it's a, and everyone's flares will be different because obviously every lupus patient is different. So when you have a flare up of your symptoms, they get worse. So like for me, I can't get out of bed sometime. I will be in a ton of pain. Um, I, I have brain fog, Um, you name it. I mean, the symptoms that I have mouth sores. Um, I also get the rash on my face. Um, I get dizzy. I am extremely sun sensitive. I get migraines. Um, I've had bouts of neuropathy where I had to be on gabapentin for the neuropathy for like six months to a year. And then I was, I was fortunately able to come off of it. Um, Joint pain is one of my biggest symptoms. And and I, and when I get a real bad flare up my skin, my muscles, my joints, my body hurts so bad. I, I can't be touched. I don't even want to lay down and have the sheet touch me. So, and you know, I have another friend of mine, her flare-ups consist of uh, joint pain and fatigue. That's it. That's what she gets, but they're, they're extreme, but those are her two symptoms. So everybody's different.
0: Right. Um, but, but you've had them last. What's your longest flare that you've had
1: a year and a half, mm-hmm. a year and a half, which is, and you know, it was during that year and a half, it was, it was pretty constant. I think I had a week here or there where I was okay. But for the most part, the past year and a half, this is the worst fly I've ever had in my life. Cause
0: you're currently in one. Yes. Yep.
1: Yep. That's why we had to double the prednisone, you know, and that's what helps keep me functioning. So yeah, I mean, you come really down does. from the
0: prednisone, you can't function.
1: No. And I, and for me, unfortunately, I can't come off of it when they try to even get me down by one milligram, my body freaks out. I mean, the pain is so bad and this, and I get so sick. I, I, my other major symptom is I feel like I have a flu and I have the flu. It feels like I have the flu severely. So I am just miserable when I have these flare-ups.
0: So, I mean, you guys can see that like with, with lupus, it's, it's not like, it's not just like one symptom, one issue, one thing. It can have a whole slew of, of different symptoms that come together to, to form this, this whole disease. And it affects people in very, very different ways. So when you're treating it, there's the, the, the different treatments are very individualized to the person, which is why it's so important that like, it's you and your doctor working together on a treatment plan for you. So like, you know, Nicole went through a lot of different treatments for people, but it's, it's very individualized to you. It's, you know, the, you know, you could be on the steroidal medication, you can be on
1: the immune suppressants.
0: Immune suppressants. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
1: Yes. (laughs) We both have our brain fog going today. Oh oh
0: my gosh. (laughs) It's been terrible today. You guys, like I, I, I have been pausing so much and Nicole and I had a moment before the show where I was trying to find a word and I was like, it's somewhere between this word and this word. And I, I gave her like both of where I was. And then she was like, yeah, I know which word you're talking about. And she couldn't think of it either. (laughs) For a good, like I don't know, somewhere between five and ten minutes, trying to figure out which word it was. We it was sure terrible. did. It was terrible. Oh my gosh! So sorry, guys, who are listening to the show. This is the date we're having. Um, sorry. Yes. So it's that kind of. It's that, It's the. So glad we're giving you this this informational episode today. So we have these treatments. And and they can be even more extreme. Like people who've gone on the extreme end of this spectrum, there's been there's been lupus patients who have needed kidney transplants. Yes,
1: sure have. So, but Lung those are transplants. Yeah. Those are
0: extreme patients. Yes. But the more minor patients, it's it's lupus is managed with medications, frequent doctor visits, frequent testing, and, and that's managing lupus, like it is exercising, good diets.
1: Which is extremely important in lupus because we have such high levels of inflammation, which, you know, is also related to heart attacks and strokes. And so diet is very important with lupus. A lot of lupus patients will do an anti-inflammatory way of eating, an anti-inflammatory or a detox diet because um, it really, the taking extra inflammation away from your body can help with your pain. So that's extremely important watching like things that they call nightshades. Nightshades are uh, a group of foods that can have been known to flare lupus or flare other conditions. Can
0: you say what type, like give some examples of nightshades? Yes. One
1: example example would be eggplant. Yes. That's one, one example. Also tomatoes. Um, and also, um, trying to think of the other ones, um, what I can't have I, that I cut out. There's so many, oh, you know what? Alfalfa sprouts is a huge one. Oh, um, I what oh sprouts, yeah. You knew
0: about eggplant.
1: Yeah. And peppers like, yeah. um, uh, green peppers, red peppers. Those are real big, um, tobacco. Um, is also yeah, a very inflammatory. I'm gonna stop eating
0: that tobacco plant. In my I know. Backyard.
1: I'm sorry. It's not a food, but I just want to let you know tobacco is one of them, too. <laughs> not a problem. Yes. Um, so those are some. I mean, you can always Google, I'll give you the full list of what nightshades are, but nightshades will cause, um, and a lot of lupish patients will cause a flare up. So they want you to watch what you eat. Also, exercise. But by more. the way, just as
0: a disclaimer, we're not telling you to stop no. eating. No foods by the no, way, because no. you need to talk to your doctor or nutritionist yes. about these foods. Cause like, like Nicole may say that these like tomatoes are part of the nightshade family and cause inflammation, but to, I need to eat tomatoes like crazy because of how my digestive system works. So oh, yeah,
1: you always so, have to check with your doctor,
0: like, always check with your doctor before you cut or add any food to your diet.
1: Yes. And do your own research. So you can bring this stuff into your, and, you know, here's the thing. Doctors don't have tons and tons of education on nutrition. So they will refer you. You should always ask to be referred to a nutritionist. It is extremely important. And if you can ask to be referred to a functional medicine nutritionist, because they really interact mostly with foods and inflammation. Um, Exercise is important also because if you don't move at all, your joints kind of lock, you know what I mean? Like you start losing more your ability to move as much, just like with a healthy person. And I know people always say, how am I going to exercise if I'm in so much pain? That's a very good point. You know, you just do what you can. If you can go for a walk, you know, in the evening when it's cool and the sun is down, that's really important. If you could walk around your house or walk up and down the stairs a couple of times, that's important.
0: There there's, are chair, you know, you there's chair exercises.
1: Do. Yes, there is there's chair aerobics, which is very, very, very low impact. You know, I do low impact, um, exercise because I can't, when I try high impact, oh my God, do I flare? And by the way, a
0: lot of, a lot of lupus patients have arthritis and those type of things added, added on top of, by the way, lupus, a lot of times doesn't come by itself. It comes with all kinds of other things, just like just like EDS, EDS doesn't come by itself kids. It Mm -hmm. comes with like all kinds of other fun things added to it. It's so true. They say with an
1: autoimmune disease, you generally have two. Yeah. If you have one, you'll usually get another one.
0: Comes at least in pairs. Um, (laughs) 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 and so because lupus comes with these other things, um, and, and arthritis can be one of them, you know, movement is really important. So like water aerobics is great, like, yes. you get buoyancy, Like, and, and because you're in the water resist, it gives you really great resistance, but you don't even realize you're going through the resistance.
1: No, you don't have the same impact on your joints as if you were jumping no. around, but it's anything really like with
0: high impact is really not good for no. anybody's joints. It's not, and I don't care what they say about running. I, I don't know how some of these people who have been running for years, do not have serious damage to their joints.
1: Oh my gosh, especially their hips and their knees. Oh my goodness. I know. I'm
0: like, no, do you have hips and knees of power? Like seriously. Because honest to goodness, like mine would, mine are already falling apart. I don't get it. Mine <laughs> too. Blessings to you. <laughs> blessings to you. It's- I, I can't do it, uh-huh. but um, water aerobics, I can do. All yes. Of all, honey, I, I go in the water with the eighty and 90 year olds and I'm like, I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, they water aerobic the heck out of me. those those um, older people put me to shame.
1: Oh my gosh, me too. when I used to do water aerobics, I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? These people are kicking my butt.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I've, by the way, when I could work out, like, you know, I, like I say, a normal person, I used to work out next to this guy and I swear he was like 70, 80 years old. And I'd get on the stairmaster next to him and I'd be going along and I'm like, I'm on my stairmaster. I'm just going, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And he'd get on the stairmaster next to me and he'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And I'd like, <laughs> I just blow you away. <laughs> I'm like a bucko too, and I'm fit. And like, I got my six pack going on. That's when I was like super fit guys. And he's like, got like 60 years on me. Come on. What, what? Should have been a sign then that I had like EDS. Cause I couldn't do like super high impact anything. I, back then. I, but, I mean, he was kicking my rear end on this thing.
1: I um, have no doubt. What?
0: what is happening right now?
1: <laughs> like, then you start feeling embarrassed. I'm like, oh my gosh, seriously? You know, I'm like 40 years younger than this guy. And he's seriously just like, just and cruising along that heavy breathing or nothing, which kills right. me.
0: Right, totally. And I'm like. <gasps> <gasps> but I'll tell you what guys, A, never compare yourself to anybody no, else. never. Ever. Like, never. I, it's a funny story I tell because there was such a serious age gap between us. And I tell it because at the time I was a super fitness person. And, and I, I really should put up pictures of, I, I wish I had taken a picture of him at the time. Cause it was, it's really funny, but it also tells you just don't
1: compare yourself to someone That's else. Right. It's your um, journey. Your journey's. Individual. It's your journey.
0: And you do what you can do wherever you are. If all you can do is move your fingers for that day, move your fingers. That's for that right. There.
1: That's right. Like just, just some movement. movements important yes
0: um because because it really does help you and it keeps you loose like there are some days that all I like I couldn't go for a
1: walk but
0: I could stretch and it made me feel better
1: yes yes me too
0: I'm also EDS so stretching is a whole other ball of wax for me (laughs) But no, with, with lupus, so exercise, like that's one of the number one things that they tell you with lupus is to, to keep yourself moving,
1: keep those joints moving, moving.
0: eat healthy. Yes. That's, that's really big, you know, medications are going to help you through it, Mm -hmm. um, but they have to be designed for what your lupus needs are. And, and again, like, like most of our chronic illnesses, it's really also about doing what you can do and knowing what your limitations are.
1: Yeah. Yeah so that's absolutely. that's the
0: key to living your normal lupus life because your one person's normal lupus life is not going to be another person's normal lupus life.
1: right? Very true.
0: You know like you, like you said earlier, you have friends who have lupus that are working 40 hour work weeks. Yeah basically their life is almost normal a, a perfectly normal everyday person. they just take some medication for lupus.
1: It's really important to also another thing is to manage your stress, stress can cause a lot of flares. So we're very, very sensitive to stress. So, um, learning how learning self-care techniques is very important. Um, it really is important to manage that and to get all the support you can, because there's many places online strictly for lupus patients where you can go to get support. And all you yeah. have to do is go to the Lupus Foundation of America website, and they will start listing all these places for you.
0: So stress is a big, is, is a big key for, and I think we, we, we talk about this almost every week Yeah, is stress and, and how it impacts us. Um, but with lupus, it, it can trigger a flare in an instant. Yes. Like I, I, I've talked to a lot of people who have lupus and they really have to do a lot to keep their stress level down.
1: Most definitely.
0: So yeah, meditation, yoga mm-hmm. is really yoga. great. Yep. Uh therapy. Yeah. Still advocating therapy, guys. Yes. to do it all the time. Love my get therapist.
1: therapist. <laughs> Love her. Get a
0: therapist. Get a therapist. Get a therapist. Yes. Um, yes. keep that stress level down because it does cause inflammation. Stress is there are like I could do an entire episode on stress and the impact. We should do an entire episode on stress. And we should. The That's a
1: great idea,
0: guys. We're going to do an episode sometime <laughs> in the future yes. on stress and the impact on the body. Yes, because it is it is huge what stress does to the body. Mm,
1: yes, um, stress and lack just for sleep. Us,
0: just for healthy people. For but it, it, you take a healthy person and you see what it does to the body. Now you you multiply that exponentially as to what it does for people with chronic illness. It's huge. But with lupus patients, it is, it is insanely important that they reduce their stress because you're talking about not just inflammation, you're talking about an immune response Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to what it, what it triggers in the body. So you're not just talking about joints inflaming and getting achy. You can be talking about organ failure. That's right and that's this really serious yes and um so yeah finding ways to reduce your stress and hopefully not by eating cupcakes and cookies
1: <laughs> exactly
0: which <laughs> might be what kelly did yesterday
1: <laughs> that sounds so good right <laughs> now oh my if i had uh cupcakes right now i would eat all of them
0: i did not eat cupcakes i might have eaten a danish kringle from trader joe's oh. I did not eat the whole thing, guys. I really just ate a small piece of it.
1: It sounds so good. You know, I really surprisingly okay. don't miss sugar, but it's once in a blue moon, someone will say something. I'm like, I could really go for a cupcake. Now I got to make a paleo cupcake.
0: Okay. I had a cup of iced coffee that I made myself
1: Oh, yum. with
0: one piece of cheesy Danish, cr- piece of the cheesy Danish Kringle and a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie Oh,
1: that sounds wonderful
0: and I felt horribly so horribly guilty that after I had that I had some green juice <laughs> you guys like I I don't do well when I when I like quote unquote cheat like it just like and I don't do this very often so no. <laughs> I I really don't
1: yeah it's um it's it's important to to watch for those things and yeah, you know, also to get enough sleep. Sleep is important, although people with lupus oh my gosh. have sleep
0: disturbances. <laughs> oh my gosh, sleep disturbances are huge. Yes, by the way. And sleep disturbances can be caused. Like, and, and here's the other side, like when you're put on medications, when you're put on meds, these things also come along with our meds too. So with lupus patients, when you're talking about being put on steroids, when you're talking about being put on different medications, sleep disturbances, cravings. Oh my gosh, Nicole, can you please like steroids and cravings?
1: Oh my, it's unbearable. It's unbearable.
0: So these things come along with, with these medications. So you really have to watch out for some of these things. And sleep is a huge, huge issue. Uh, If you don't get enough sleep, your body breaks down. Also it's, it's just, it's worse than stress. Actually. Yeah. It's worse than stress. Oh yeah. But you've got to get enough sleep and you have to set good routines for yourself. It's, it's funny when you're diagnosed with, with things like lupus or these chronic illnesses, how you have to restructure your life. And with, and I, and I'm going to keep repeating it with lupus. This is an autoimmune disease. This, this is a disease that attacks your own body. So you, you, you have to do everything you can to try and take care of yourself with this disease. But you can live a normal life with this disease. Like, I I don't, I don't want to close out this show without like making it clear. We've talked about some really terrible things that can happen with lupus, but this isn't a disease where your life is totally over when you're diagnosed. That's right. You know, most people live a fairly normal, not normal, but like a fairly good life with lupus. Like I have friends who are, you know, working. Have kids, married, mm-hmm. have careers, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff. And they have lupus.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nicole is sitting here on the show talking to all of you. Mm-hmm. She's a lady. What are you guys talking about? She all yeah, oh.
1: that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she's got lupus. Right? That's
1: right. <laughs> I know her
0: forever. She has lupus. What do you guys think? You know? But like you, you can live, you can you can live a long life you can yes. live, you can live pretty normal. Even if like lupus does set you back a little bit here and there, it, it's not a setback forever.
1: No, nope.
0: Um, you can bounce back from those setbacks for the most part. And, and it's, it's treatable. You just, you have to work hard with your doctors. You, you know, you might have to advocate for yourself, mm-hmm. find yourself a support group. There's great groups again on Facebook, like For all of the evils of Facebook, groups are a whole different world.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Facebook groups for people with chronic illnesses, for people with lupus, fantastic. And there are so many great groups on Facebook for people to come together who have lupus. You can find groups in your area.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And get together with people who have lupus. Now, mind you, maybe wait a little bit until, like, things settle down with the pandemic.
1: Yeah. That's why I don't go. A lot of the uh, support groups actually have gone online. There's local support groups. There's, um, states, you know, like state support groups. There's other specific, um, websites that are only for lupus patients. Again, if you go to the lupus foundation of America, they list them and you can, you can join. Um, the, the Facebook groups are wonderful. I mean, managing, managing any chronic disease, you need support, you need rest. I, and I know this sounds like I'm simplifying, and I'm not trying to, because I understand how hard it really is to have a chronic disease and be stressed out about money and how sick you are and, you know, support and friendships and everything else, but it truly can be done. You know, it's, it's finding your tribe, the people that are going to support you and care for you, you know, make sure that you're getting rest, make sure that you're putting yourself first. It's Absolutely. very important. And,
0: and it, 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 and she's, and Nicole's not saying in a selfish way, Mm-mm. like you obviously you can still take care of the people around you. You can still care for them. You can still yes. love them. Um, but you can't sacrifice yourself and you can't sacrifice your health. It's again, the whole airplane metaphor. Yeah. You've got to put your own mask on first before you can put anyone else's mask on. Cause if you don't put your own mask on first, you can't save anybody because right. you're going to pass out. That's right. So put your own mask on first. Absolutely. Um, that's what we're going to have for today, guys. I'm really happy that Nicole kind of got to tell her story I am and too. talk about like her journey a little bit with lupus. I mean, obviously with every episode, you guys find out more and more and more about like our own journeys, that's but
1: right.
0: you got to hear this month about like our chronic illnesses that are near and dear. Yeah, it was both so weird. I thought we'd get to spread these out. over. The I
1: know, year. right? I didn't know that we both had our, our illnesses in the same month. I think that's crazy. No. I love it.
0: So I would um, normally say thank you for coming on the show. But uh, <laughs> no, whatever. This is, this is what you have to do. So, right. I'm not doing this by myself. <laughs> So I'm going to say thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you. And um, we really hope you guys have a great week. Mm-hmm. Again, um, I'm going to plug it every week. We still have the planner available. Yes. In digital format, quarterly hard copy format. That's going to be in the show notes. And, um, we just appreciate you guys. We appreciate you following us through this journey. We appreciate you guys listening very much. And, um, if you guys want to talk more about lupus, if you guys want, have more questions about lupus, um, or even EDS, whatever you guys have questions on, yeah, we have the Facebook page. We have the Facebook group. Come on, chat with us. Uh, we're, we're in there every day. We're ready to talk about things. There's so many questions about these, these, um, rare diseases that we are more than willing to have conversations about them. Absolutely. So we love you guys. Have
1: a great week. Have a great week. You guys. Bye-bye.